Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of the Mindshare Mentorship Podcast. This is Kevin Whelan. Thank you again. Thanks again for tuning in. And today I've kind of got a doozy. This was a, um, a story shared by Michelle in our group, and he uh, he basically experienced a bit of a client from hell situation. Although it sounds like it's kind of getting resolved since he posted that a couple of days ago. Um, ultimately, what happened was he provided an, an SEO audit and and kind of recommendations, and then it ended up becoming like this infinite questions thing, and um, and that wasn't really part of the scope of the of the audit and recommendations and there was a web development team that was going to implement that stuff and it just kind of became the situation where every little detail and every little thing kind of turned into a series of ongoing questions and you know uh, and then there was a bunch of other sort of red flaggy details that kind of came into the the situation so i just wanted to talk a uh, break down a few of his questions as well as kind of talk through a few of the things to watch for and a few of the things to kind of to protect yourself from getting into situations with clients that are um that are, that are not ideal, right. That are, that are confrontational or, uh, where there's a misalignment. So, um, at the end of the day, uh, I think there was, the, it sounds like there's a few things that happening. One is this client was sort of taking advantage and, and trying to get as much information, trying to continually follow up and kind of had no disregard for any sort of a, uh, like an hour, like an hourly input or, uh, or, or sort of a scope. Now I haven't seen Michelle's scope and Michelle, uh, I would look at the scope of the work and really make sure that it was really clear and unambiguous. I know you didn't want to get tuned to the details in terms of what you'll offer, what's included and what's not, because you don't want it to turn into some like really big long contract. But I think you do really need to kind of cap it. I think when you're selling something that's not hours based, so most of my services are, none of my services are hourly based. And uh, when that's the case, it's really important to say, here's what's included in the scope. Here's for how long and here's what's not included and try to be as specific as you can. Cause it really does, it really does matter, right? Especially when you have differences in prices and tiers or when you're trying to sell, you know, an ongoing uh, engagement after it, or, you know, th- there has to be time boxes and limitations around it. Otherwise, you know, you can't blame the client for not knowing. Now, in this case, it sounds as though he didn't sort of respect the, you know, the professional service that you're providing or nor your feedback and kind of decided to get angry rather than to understand what the scope was. So I would sort of always, 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 always as a consultant, first of all, take responsibility for them not understanding something about the agreement. It's always on you to ensure that expectations are managed up front and the scope of work is clear and that there's no miss, uh, you know, miss, miss, um, alignment of expectations. And obviously that's not always going to work, but now, you know, for future engagements, you're going to be even better at kind of managing the expectations going into it. And that's going to really help you for the future. But for the sake of this one, I think the best case is to sort of own it as a consultant. You always want to take on as much of the responsibility of the situation as you can, even though, you know, sometimes when conflicts happen, it's not always within your, within your, uh, uh, within kind of like your area of responsibility. That being said, the responsible thing is as the professional is to take, take ownership of it and to handle it and to find the best solution. So, um, when it's not hourly based, you do have to be very, very clear on your scope. I'm sure you were, but you know, you also have to kind of articulate that during the sales process and before they sign the dotted line and into the first calls about what, what to expect and what not to expect. Cause that's really going to matter along the way. So let's say you run into a situation where your client feels like maybe there's a bait and switch or you're not quite fulfilling your end of the bargain. Uh, you know, Michelle, there's a couple of things. One, Michelle was was paid 50% of the work in advance and then 50% was going to become uh, on completion. And that's just something that I don't recommend doing. I'd rather just charge 100% up front and, uh, and then offer a refund policy if they're not happy. And that's that prevents this kind of dangling of the carrot along the way. And frankly, uh, I just, I, you know, I clients that like, it's, it's sort of a red flag for me when a client goes, Oh, I don't want to pay you full in full upfront. Why don't I pay you 50% now or 50% on completion? 
Or for example, uh, I had another one a prospect that came to me once and was like, oh, it's a six month engagement. Well, I'm willing to commit month to month. And then if I like the sauce, I'll keep buying it. And those are kind of just red flaggy type things because because I've priced, I've priced my services and I've designed them in a way that like, sure, there's a, there's a maybe six month engagement, but it's a six month process. And that's why it's, there is a minimum commitment. It's not like, you know, uh, like I'm not a, it's not a task oriented job where there's some hours and then we'll see like the work takes time and the results take time. And that's why I've designed it the way it is at the price it is the payment methods that it is. So it's not really up for negotiation ever. And I would really just, you know, it sets an expectation where the client has to be satisfied by some subjective means in order to pay you the other half. And that just sort of sets you up for not being paid. I'd rather give the money back generously. If, if someone wasn't happy, than go chasing people. I just, I'm not in the business of chasing people. So I never take money uh, after the, after the fact it's always by the first of the month or the period uh, or not at all. So that's, that's one part. The other one is I would look at your scope and I would make sure that it's crystal clear in the future about what it is. I would probably set in a set number of calls. So maybe it requires, maybe it includes, um, I don't know, one or two calls after the fact and, and, or, uh, three emails or, you know, um, I don't know, one week of, of responses or one month of, of Q and a or something that that's kind of limiting to, to the, to the limit of it. Uh, otherwise, you know, you run into the situation where it's unlimited questions and answers, which is fine. But if, if you're trying to sell it as a, as a fixed project with a fixed scope of work for a fixed time, that just creates a, um, uh, no good situation. So if you're going to sell the advisory retainer, limit the, the first end of that project so that you have, you know, means of kind of putting it into it and it's measurable and it's unambiguous and they just have to get all their questions in either in the fixed number of calls or the fixed number of uh, days, weeks, or however you want to handle the, the questions, the follow on support. So that's the first thing. One thing you did mention was that, you know, clients expected to pay for results, not expertise, but we're not in the business of guaranteeing results, at least not during a, a road mapping phase. This is a quote from Michelle. Uh, so we offer expert, we offer our expertise with the hope of moving the needle, but when results take time, like SEO, for example, which is a long-term process, it's hard to justify that quote unquote expertise. So, um, a couple questions that kind of came out of this is one, how do you sell your expertise? IE not your head or hands, uh, your head, not your hands after a client is purchased from you, particularly a road mapping service where you're not tied to the implementation, but the results, which are, um, I think the the main thing, and he goes on to say, uh, I'm I'm sure proposals and contracts can clearly delineate the deliverables versus expectations, but I don't want to be so specific that I can create long contracts to prevent every situational nuance. Really, uh, yeah, as marketers, we, we don't really guarantee the the outcome of a business. It's so much is dependent on things that are outside of our control. What you can guarantee is that by the end of this, you're going to have a thorough and complete audit that covers all the things you've described, whether that's all the headings and metas and in, internal links and cross links and broken links and like all the things in an SEO audit, that's going to be there. It's going to be thorough and, and complete and accurate. And, and based on that, it should move the needle. There's like, it's pretty proven that you do a lot of the SEO fundamentals and you're going to get at least decent results. At least you're going to move the needle. And yes, it's going to take some time. So that's the outcome you're delivering that they're going to be happy with the level of detail and the quality of that, of that deliverable. Um, and then if they want ongoing SEO advice in terms of what to do and how to do it and who to work with and, and all those kinds of factors, then that's a different service altogether. Uh, but you're never really guaranteeing a financial business outcome. No, no like ethical marketer could really do that because like the ability for them to sell stuff, then to put in the work and to do all these things that the business is responsible for, that doesn't last, that doesn't really lie on you. So what I do is I develop, like either I don't do a lot of deliverable based stuff, but 
with even with my stuff, I, I say, look, you're going to get a system that's going to create, you know, that's going to allow you to kind of generate um, a consistent quality or, or volume of leads uh, every month. And then we're going to work on and improve that system. And I don't know what volume that leads are going to be, but I'm going to give you a visibility into your, into your numbers. I'm going to get help you to make decisions. I'm going to help you develop a plan. And all those things are guaranteed outcomes. You're, by the end of it, you're going to have these things applied to your business. And that doesn't mean you're going to guarantee to get double or triple in size. That's a financial outcome you can't guarantee. But what you can guarantee is that you're going to implement a system that has worked for clients over in the past. You just don't always know exactly when that system is going to come together or how much refinement it's going to need. Like I've got one client that's taking twice as long to build a system for them than it is another client based on their ability to execute. And that's that's an example of things that are outside of your control. So I don't always tie the uh, guarantee to a set period of time, especially when I don't control all the factors. Um, but at the end of the day, it's it's access to your brain and your ability to kind of create and apply your methodology uh, to their system, to their situation. That's, that's what you're guaranteeing. And, uh, <clears throat> and this system has worked for others. And therefore, you know, with, uh, with a reasonable degree of certainty, you should get uh, at least directional results. So that's how I kind of sell my, my expertise, but you're, you're talking about how do you sell that after you've, after your client has purchased from you? Well, I think it really depends on the services you're providing. I think doing that audit is, is fine, but you want to work with clients, first of all, that want an ongoing relationship from you that value your expertise. So you're a specialist, you specialize in the plastic surgery in industry, and that's going to be extremely valuable if someone wants to rank in a competitive market, and that's going to take time. So you're going to want to work with clients who get that SEO takes time, who have tried people in the past and had maybe mixed results, but generally respect that expertise and are willing to kind of put in the time and work with you over, over periods of time. And that's why this project is a fixed upfront project for you, but, uh, the expectation should be to work with people that, that have ongoing needs and, uh, and you should know that going in. Otherwise, like, you know, a one-off audit and, and recommendations and roadmap isn't going to, isn't going to solve everything. I would also look at what's in your roadmap in terms of what needs to be done. Like obviously an, an audit and recommendations is going to be key, but in terms of an ongoing roadmap, I mean, that's really determined by how much they're getting done and what the next priority is. And, you know, there's sort of an order of, of things that are really hard to do with one big plan in advance. So I would try to kind of, you know, say, hey, here's here's my snapshot recommendations. But true SEO is iterative, just like most of marketing. You don't just kind of create one plan and run with it. Uh, there's no fixed way to do it. And it should kind of depend on what's happening at the time and how you're applying things. And there's all kinds of creative and technical stuff. And that's why there's an ongoing nature to the work that we do. So you want to set those expectations that generally this is how SEO works, that generally this is how you should expect to, to do it, that this is a first project to see if they like the style of deliverables and working with you. Um, and then after that, there's going to be a series of, of similar recommendations that are going to keep moving the needle uh, and reporting or whatever you want to do. But that's, that is, it's really about choosing the right clients from, from the start and those that value the services that you're, that you're providing. Uh, and being a specialist really helps because it's like you can go to any SEO team or you can go to me and all I do all day long is specialize in this thing. And uh, if, that, if that's interesting to you, then great. And if not, then I totally understand it. And you should be at least competitive with other general SEO firms in terms of your pricing and how things work. And that might mean, for example, bringing in suppliers or web developers who are inexpensive that can implement stuff that don't step on your toes and that might be part of your service. So it all nets out to like being like having an agency except kind of a... Um, uh, distributed one. So that's the first part. Uh, number two is how do you define these red flags before a road mapping phase? So what do you, what do you do to find them and how do you weigh them against your decision? Um, so this is kind of, you know, something you have to sort of feel out, uh, you know, 
I don't really have a, like a formal approach other than just checking on how I feel and looking for patterns. So I think I talked a long time ago about uh, the eight reasons to, or when to fire eight reasons you may want to fire your client. Um, you know, if it takes a long time during the sales process or they want you to prove everything or they want references, which isn't technically a red flag, but I've always noticed a trend between those that want references and, and them being not great clients. So it's something I look for, uh, people that want to change your pricing and terms, people that want to get free, like are probing you for free advice or several calls to kind of get your take on things and are starting to kind of ask a lot of questions over the course of several sales conversations where you have to kind of manage, hey, I can help you, but first I have to diagnose your situation. So I'm really cautious about jumping in with too much information. So I kind of just look for stuff and I look for patterns and uh, and a lot of it is around like, will you discount your services? Will you uh, this, that, or the other? And um, those tend to be red flags uh, or if they treat you like, like, what do you, what's, what's the deliverable here? What are you like? Um, you know, you're going to give me advice, but like people that maybe have never hired an advisor or, uh, there's just so, so many factors that I look for that, that kind of might be red flags and you, you kind of just find them as you go along, but pay attention to your gut instinct. I think that's really probably the best place to check. If you don't feel good with them during the sales process or you feel stressed out or you kind of, you know, like I can't explain it, but if you, if, if you generally feel stressed about the situation or if you're procrastinating about maybe putting together a proposal, which is totally a thing, then it might be a sign that they're not going to be a good fit for you. So it should feel good. It should be obvious that they're right in your wheelhouse. Um, they should respect you. They should show up on time and respect the work that you're doing and generally be courteous. And those are the kind of clients you want to work with. Uh, you, you probably saw this person coming from a mile away and ignored some of those signals and that's totally fine. But uh, now you'll be even more equipped, uh, you know, as you will with every client you work with uh, to spot those people um, as they go. Um, you asked about an application process, whether that would be, that would be good. Do you use one? Uh, you know, I, I don't really use an application process. I used to send them a questionnaire and now I don't really do that. Uh, really, I just get on conversations with them and, um, I generally ask questions around budgets and scope and, and what, what kind of results they want and, um, and kind of go from there. So I don't really have a process other than, you know, I just know it when I see it. Uh, it's kind of a, a personality thing as well as it, as well as everything else. Um, but the best kind of clients are looking for long-term relationships that get it, that, that value what you do and aren't seeing you as a one-off event, uh, and more so as a partner to help them, to help them grow. So those are kind of the, the bits of feedback for you. You know, unfortunately, um, unfortunately there was, you know, a few red flags here and then you, they became redder as, as time went on. It sounds as though you've finally gotten paid for your, for your scope of work. One of the, a couple of other things I'll mention. One is that when, when there is a disagreement, you always want to do a plus one. So you just want to own it. And then you always want to say, look, like this isn't really in the scope of work. What I'm willing to do is do an extra call with you to really answer all these questions and get into detail. And if you want to bring your web developers or you want to record a call, that's totally fine. But then I have to kind of cap it off. And you know what, if that, and like, that's way and above and beyond what I normally do based on the work we've done so far. But I get it. If this isn't right for you, if you feel like you haven't gotten the service level that you wanted, I'm totally happy to give you your money back and, you know, take my deliverable back and you can, you know, start fresh with someone else. And I, and I, you know, totally understand that or just leave them with the deliverable because it's already done like take the high road, frankly, uh, I wouldn't go trying to like protect it and say, you can't use it. Like it's out there, just give it away and move on. And, uh, that's kind of the best way. And you, you know, you don't want to just say, sorry, goodbye. And you, you probably don't want to do this by email. You want to try to get them on a call. Uh, although you say, you know, in the email, Hey, let's, why don't we get on one more call? I don't normally do this many calls in support for this thing, but let's, let's get on a call. Let's figure it out. Let's make sure you're getting what you need. 
Uh, and then, you know, and then we'll call it, I'll call it a show. So that's how I would do it. I try not to write lengthy emails and I try not to manage scope and that kind of stuff by email too much, especially if it can be misinterpreted as hostile. Uh, so just something to consider is try to get people on a call and, uh, and always do the plus one if you can. And, you know, when in doubt, it's sort of maybe time to, to pass, pass on that client, right? Like at the end of the day, if you're stressed out about it at night or it's causing you, you know, discomfort, then it, they're, not, they're not a great client. So with this particular client, I would wrap it up with the, that engagement. There's no way this client's coming back. It sounds as though, you know, you also said in his email that he said, I thought I would be able to recommend you to one or two of my friends who would potentially benefit your services, but they would not afford your costs. So we seeing you as a cost, not investment. And sometimes, sometimes people dangle this idea of referrals in front of you to get you to work for maybe less money or something. And, um, you know, like, you know, if he's, if he's considering you a cost, like you're too expensive, then, then he's only going to bring friends that are like him and think in terms of you as a cost as well. So I wouldn't care at all about any of that stuff and, uh, just sort of, you know, just watch out for, for that as a, as a thing, right? When people are trying to get you to work for free, uh, in order for, to get some future benefit or whatever, not worth it, work for money and then move on, do a good job and they'll refer you if they want and they won't, if they don't. So I hope all this helps, Michelle. I know it's always a stressful situation when you get into a disagreement with a client. Uh, and it's not, it's oftentimes it's not about you, but I would always own it, take responsibility, give them a plus one, uh, end it on good terms and um, part ways. And if, if, if they need their money back, believe me, just give the money back. You don't want people talking bad about you. And uh, I, you know, I don't want people's money if they're not feeling fully satisfied and I just have to vet, vet people better in the future. So this is a long, a long answer. I hope it helps. Uh, you know, yeah, I think you're always going to get smarter with every new engagement and, um, this will be no exception. So this is episode number 99 and we're going to go into one more 100 will be next week, uh, which is crazy. You know, this started in July and we're going to keep going. Uh, if you know anyone who would be happy to join this group, please continue to recommend them to a friend. Uh, also I love, uh, if you post something on social media, you know, if you're getting any enjoyment out of this and you post something on social media, I love seeing those on Twitter or LinkedIn uh, where I can share and embed them and uh, save them for my future purposes. So I really appreciate when uh, when people either recommend me or post something about it on LinkedIn uh, or Twitter. And it really helps kind of sell the group and get, get the awareness out because right now this is kind of a side project for me and I'd love to keep ramping it up and keep turning it into something more. So keep sharing the word and uh, I look forward to talking to you again soon. Have a great weekend. Bye for now.